This is the Nerd Degree. Please welcome your host, Aaron Harrington! Greetings, everyone. Greetings, nerds. Tonight, two teams of nerds are going to go head-to-head over a series of rounds to try to prove who are the wittiest nerds and who are the nerdiest wits. Now, this is the end, my friend, and this is our last episode, but only of the year, which is nice. So for this episode, the theme is ends and endings. So will the nerds get their happily ever after? Will it be the end of the nerd as we know it? Uh, If so, will I feel fine? And will they go out in a blaze of glory or fade out again fade, fade out again. Um, I don't know. We're going to have to see. This is all very high-stakes stuff. So to start off with, we are going to meet our nerds, and I'd like them, as they introduce themselves, to tell me, what is the last thing that you finished? Let's start over on... <laughs> let's start over on my left. Uh, the last thing... Uh, hello, my name is Shen Mansell. Uh, the last thing that I finished, probably a video game. I'm working on Red Dead Redemption 2 at the moment, but mm-hmm. that's a game without seeming end. Uh, before that, it would have been, uh, what's that, with the stabbing? And conducting. The, yeah. conducting. <laughs> I was conducting Creed. a symphony. Assassin's Creed. Yes, Assassin's Creed. Uh, stab, stab Simulator 4. <laughs> I, got, I got like 20 hours in and it's like, oh, this is terrible. Just so, so you, that's another thing you haven't finished. That's also the movie, oh, yeah. by the way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I didn't get the proper ending, but I finished it. <laughs> Very good. Uh, hi there, my name is Jeff Clark, uh, improviser, comedian, and current phlegm repository. Um, the last, <laughs> last thing that I finished was uh, the paperwork to take my uh, improv musical character, Gary Starlight, onto cruise ships. Ooh. So I said, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I just finished all the relevant paperwork, which was surprisingly exhaustive. And um, yeah, so um, Gary Starlight is being sent to sea sometime next year. All right, very good. And uh, you two are creating a team. What is your team name? Our team name is... Infernerd Jest. Infernerd Jest, everyone. <laughs> and over on my right... Uh, kia ora, my name is Moata Tamaira, uh, and the last thing that I finished um, as of earlier today was 44 revolutions around the sun. Oh, happy oh. birthday! Hey. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Kia ora, uh, my name is Ray Shipley. Uh, the last thing I finished was, oh, I went on holiday, oh, and uh, I finished four and a half books, uh, so the one before the half that I have still going was a book called The Cost of Living by Deborah Levy and it was phenomenal. Very good. A recommendation from our librarian team. Thank you. Yes, very good. And together you create a team. What is your team name? Armageddon a bike for Christmas. Armageddon a bike for Christmas. We're also joined tonight by a scorekeeper and moderator, Brendan. How are you, Brendan? I'm very well, thank you, Aaron. Good. What was the last thing you finished? I finished answering your questions. That's why I took on this job. I don't have to answer your questions anymore. Terrific, now very good. Now I give out the scores. Oh, <laughs> Marvellous, that's one less thing that I have to think about. Um, what are we playing for tonight? Ah, uh, yes. The most desirable of all prizes. Mm-hmm. The winners of tonight's competition will get the last word. The last word. Ooh. Very good. So it's time to see who is going to flake out and who is going to earn their nerd degree. I would like the teams to roll for initiative. 
Middling, nonetheless, we'll start. Uh, this first round is called Nerd Quotient, and I'm going to be testing the nerd's knowledge of endings, all things to do with ends and endings. So points are going to be given in, Brendan, a highly regimented, well-informed fashion, is that right? For correct answers, interesting related facts, and successful bluffing. That is absolutely correct, Aaron. <laughs> That's exactly how we choose to do it here. Uh, utterly consistent and totally um, by the book. Right, so we're going to start to my left with Infernerd Jess. Question. Yes. What connects the god of the sea with the first and best fade out? Oh, well, I mean, Poseidon or Poseidon. Neptune is the god of the sea, depending on if, if you're going Greek mythology or uh, Roman mythology. And fade outs are haircuts. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah, 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 yeah. Also, also my memory in my 20s. Um, LAUGHTER could it be? Could it be the Poseidon Adventure? Because that was a that was a classic disaster. That was like the, one of the leaders of disaster movies. It was one of the first disaster movies. The boat turns upside down, it sinks, and people live in an air pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For a while, <laughs> and at the end, they probably fade out because the oxygen goes away. That's absolutely right. Yeah. Um, does it have something to do with the Poseidon Adventure? You are utterly incorrect. How about ah. we go over to Armageddon, a bite for Christmas? Do you have any idea what connects the God of the Sea with the first and best fade out? Fade out to me speaks to like those cool like guitar riffs that mm -hmm. slowly right. We slowly we are talking about music. Good, so yep. music, oh. right? So who has the best fade out? Tangaroa. Oh, very nice. Oh, I don't know. Does does, does Tangaroa play around? guitar? I don't know. Well, I'm talking about a piece of classical music. Does that help you oh. at all? Oh, it's probably. Uh, written between 1912 and 1914. Does that uh. help you at all? No. Um, World War One. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think you need to go back to the history books as yeah. to when uh, <laughs> world wars started and finished. I'm talking about Gustav Holst's orchestral suite, The Planets. Of so the very, of course, of course, yeah, of yeah. course, the planet. Neptune the, the, is a yeah, planet. Yeah. The yeah. final movement is called uh, Neptune the Mystic, and it's not quite the first fade out in music, but it's probably the best first fade out. So earlier orchestral music sometimes faded out by just having people play quieter and quieter until it got to the point that they weren't playing at all. But what happens? Do, do you know what happens at the end of this piece of music? It's very otherworldly. It's Quieter? They, set fire, to, they set fire to their instruments and start dancing around them. <laughs> they, they fill the room they with all, water. Yeah, they, yeah. All, <laughs> they all walk out. Almost. Oh. No, they don't quite work Might out. Drop. What what happens the audience is that, walks out. Is that voices firstly seem to appear out of nowhere. There's a choir, there's two choirs actually that are hidden in a room that people can't see. And as they sing at the end, the instructions in the music is that they are to be placed in an adjoining room, screened from the audience, the door of which is to be left open until the last bar of the piece, when it is to be slowly and silently closed. So there's a sense that these voices just slowly fade out into nothingness. It's an amazing effect. It's to be repeated until the sound is lost into the distance. Well, that's that's really conceptual. That's like Robert Glass. That's like early Robert Glass. How do you repeatedly close the door? <laughs> that's a great way to end a piece of music, by the <laughs> yeah, way. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, so, so do you know much about musical fade-outs in general? I know repeat to fade. Yeah. Yeah. 
Like yeah. a lot of the songs that I listen to, they just keep repeating and then fade yes. out, yep. which makes it really hard in a concert because you're not sure actually when they've actually finished the song. <laughs> yeah. um, but on an album, it's great because it just fades they keep out. kind of pranking. Yeah, so fade outs were originally done, of course, by having people play quieter yep. uh, until they weren't playing anymore. <laughs> uh, but it becomes a part of the post-production process, particularly in the 50s when you're not just recording straight to disc, you're instead recording to magnetic tape and then you can kind of do things with it afterwards. Um, really famous, for instance, in Motown, you know, these really kind of quick fade-outs. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey Jude has a fade-out of like two minutes oh, or something. That's right. it just just slow, going, kind going, of gone and gone. So there was a great series of interviews done by NPR, National Public Radio in the States, and they interviewed a bunch of music experts and historians and producers about why fade-outs were a thing and why they've come in and out of fashion. And I was wondering, uh, I'll give you points if you can tell me any of the reasons why a song might fade out instead of just stop. I think it's probably because people can't think of a good ending. That is the first reason. You get a point. Uh, They've only recorded 65 minutes, and it's a 72-minute capacity on a CD, so they want to get that extra seven minutes of music on So instead of fading out, they just kind of stretch it. They're filling for time, yeah. Well, kind of, yeah. There's a bit of filling for time, yeah. 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 Oh, um, bait for a hidden track. Oh, maybe, yeah. certainly, certainly. Yeah, yeah. Later on, oh, that's, that's starting to get a bit conceptual, yeah? Probably they're recording and then they go, right, we're done, or like something bad happens and they have to get rid of that That's, error a, that's exactly tape. right. The way that one of the um, experts said was you could just use an awesome take with a ragged end and well. instead kind of fade out over that. Is it because it, it sounds a bit sad? It and can that, sound a bit that, sad. That's quite emotional. So Melancholy. Like, oh. Yeah. But, yearning. And that's this, yeah, you know. It just keeps going on and on and on and on. And it's on. Like life. Because because Keith had taken too many pills and he got trapped in the same four bars playing them over and over well, again. That's that's another good reason, is that particularly when you have like say jazz bands or funk bands that just like to riff, you know, you've got to stop somewhere, particularly if you're recording. Yeah. Yep. You get points for that. Neil Young doesn't like to do that. He thinks it's better to burn out than to <laughs> fade away. Uh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any other reasons? Um, DJs would often fade out tracks and talk over them, so if you've got a fade out at the end rather than a straight oh, cut. Yeah, Just so you, you can't get a clean take when you're recording it onto cassette. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's good. You could just re- keep repeating the hook. You get the feeling that the song never yeah. ends. The um, recording equipment started running out of batteries. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, there's the suggestion that there's more to come, and um, a lot of them just said, I just like the way it sounds. Yeah. yeah. Don't question my choices. Yeah. I like my choices. What do you think the impact on the listener is of a fade-out? I mean, we've heard that it reminds us of our mortality by just continuing onwards and onwards in a facsimile of the, the endlessness of life, which is actually going to end. But nonetheless, it feels eternal. Yeah, it's a that, bit sad. Yeah, I, I start tapping my headphones yeah. to make sure that they're still working. Yeah. That's one. I think it, it, it would leave the song playing over and over in the person's memory. Like, so an, that, like an earworm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's actually a thing that... Um, I heard about recently is that if you've got a song stuck in your head, this is useful advice for people out there. If you have a song stuck in your head, the way to get it out of your head is to actually think of or sing the song to completion, sing the end of the song. And then you've completed that song in your head and it's done. 
and so it goes away. But for songs that just fade out at the end, <laughs> there is no <laughs> respite. It will be trapped yeah. there forever. The there was another episode of Jeff's Useful Advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One thing that's really kind of interesting is that the first experimental study of the effect of a fade out showed that a version of a musical piece with a fade out in comparison of the same piece that just had like a cold end prolonged the perceived duration of the song by 2.4 seconds. This is called the pulse continuity phenomenon and was measured by a tapping along task to measure participants' perception of pulsation. Right. Wow. Perception I'm sure that's useful for something, but I can't really say what it is. Wow. To think I've been perceiving things to be 2.4 seconds longer than they were. <laughs> do, you feel, do you feel like... like useful advice. Really, really makes you think. Do, yeah, you, yeah. do you feel like some of your life has been wasted by this extra 2.4 seconds that was taken from you without oh, music? It's yeah. just, this made my life feel so much longer. Yeah. You know? I mean, if you add up all the 2.4 seconds yeah. that you may have accidentally experienced... Over the course of a lifetime. You could have up to a minute. Up to a minute. Yeah. It's like there's exactly. a whole other world out there, but they've just quietly and surreptitiously closed the door on you. Oh. Why do I feel so tired? <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. Next question. Uh, this question is for Armageddon, a bike for Christmas. Uh, what connects a kid's snow globe with a very strange dream? <laughs> Rosebud. Oh, no. You, you can have a point for knowing that Rosebud's a thing. <laughs> Aaron, I can't get points for every time that they know that something's a thing. Do, do, do you have any advances on uh, the spoiler to Citizen Kane, the greatest movie of all time? And a, a very strange dream. No? They, they look a bit dreamy. Because of the, I mean, you know, when you dream and you see all the, the watery... Anyway. They, they do, but I didn't sit down this morning typing no, all this no, out uh, thinking, you know what connects them was, is that they're kind of dreaming. I was hoping was that someone would, you know, would mm -hmm. build it. No, we've got no idea. No, you've got no idea. How about Infernerd Jest? Yes. Far away. If I recall correctly, uh, at the ending of the TV show Saint Elsewhere, mm -hmm. it's revealed that uh, the, the hospital was in this snow globe mm -hmm. that a little child was dreaming the whole thing. Not just a little child. An autistic child. A little autistic child. Yeah. Oh. Like, not very woke, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry, carry on. Uh, and, and then the people have used that information to place, like, that show into a huge universe of shows where yeah. they all exist. Because a lot of shows spun off of St. Elsewhere. Uh, and came into all these other things. Do you? Okay, so you're absolutely right. So the 1980s hospital drama St. Elsewhere ran for six years, 137 episodes. In the final episode, we see, as you say, a pan out, and we see that this kid who'd been a peripheral character um, is looking in and kind of imagining what's going on. And the final line is, is really just shonky. I don't understand this aut autism thing, Pop, says his dad. He's my son. I talk to him. I don't even know if he can hear me. He sits there all day long in his own world staring at that toy. What's he thinking about? I don't think that'd fly in 2018. But not um, really, not. about David Mawson scrubs. That's what he's thinking <laughs> yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. But, but you're absolutely right. So this has generated what's been called the Tommy Westfall uh, universe hypothesis that all of these television shows that link are all actually happening within the mind of this kid. Do you know how many TV shows are deemed to be a part of this universe? Like 80? Yes. Oh, that's low. 
Yeah, trillion. <laughs> the master list, which is run by a website called the TommyWestfile.wordpress.com, they go super deep and they uh, reckon that as of the end of 2016, 443 shows. 443. <laughs> and, and actually, you can go onto their website and they've put together Excel spreadsheets and maps so you can see where shows kind of intersect oh my goodness. and overlap and all these other kind of things. There was also a professor of philosophy at Cornell who wrote a piece, Six Objections to the Westfall hypothesis because academics such Objective as myself things. don't have much else to do of a day and they like so. to object to things because so, uh, <laughs> I can think of one mm. but there are 440 odd right. other ones well because one show will overlap with another and then there'll be a franchise no, what and saying, I want to know like, what all the other shows are please 24 90210 704 Hauser <laughs> Adam 12 Adam's Family The Adventures of Superman The Aftermath Elf Alias, Help. All in the Family, All My Children, Thank you, Brenda. Ellie, Alex, 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 Alex. Are they all in the one American snow, Horror Story? No, 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 the one show from <laughs> elsewhere. <laughs> fade out, fade out. Fade out, fade out, fade out. Slowly closing a door, slowly closing the, the, the a door. The one show is happening within the snow globe, but right. that one show has crossovers with other shows that cross over with other shows. The character Detective Munch, yep. who appeared in uh, Homicide Life on the Street. Yep. But yep. also, that character then transferred into this, one of the CSI mm-hmm. series. Yep. That character has also cameoed in shows like Arrested Development. It's like a yeah, contagion. Yeah. yeah, so he's often like the, the vector for spreading <laughs> um, this the ontological vector through. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so we've had the snow grow, the snow grobe. We've had the snow grobe. Uh, what about the very strange dream? There's another shock ending that happened at the end of a notable um, 1980s show. Oh, that was Newhart, wasn't it? It was Newhart. Oh, what yeah. happens? Bob Newhart, um, because he had a he had two series. He had one sitcom, uh, and then that sitcom ended, and then he had a second sitcom, which mm-hmm. was Newhart. And then at the end of Newhart, uh, he wakes up from his dream, and he's back in the original sitcom. You get all of the having points, had a terrible Jeff. Dream. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. And later, he had another sitcom called Bob, where he was a comic book artist. And that's when I got into Bob Newhart, because I was a huge fan of comic books. And it was in the 90s, and it was, a, it was also parodying the trend in the 90s to take beloved like 1960s characters and turn them into these really dark, nihilistic, violent versions of themselves. And so there was that fight between the classic comic book writer and the Fade out. comic book writer. <laughs> yeah. Fade out. Fade out. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. Very good. Um, I was tr- I was trying to think about other shock endings from shows that either I could remember. Um, one of them was that Elf, the yes. the obnoxious kind of life form. In the very last episode, he gets captured by the military who are yeah. going to vivisect him. Yeah, but then they have the TV movie. Yeah. They, oh, they, does that they, mean they did have a TV sure. movie where he actually manages hmm. to escape. Do Do you remember the show Quantum Leap? Yes. yes. Yeah. Do you remember how it ended? Yes. He went home? No. No, 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 no. no, no. It says it said that <laughs> Dr. Elf. Sam Beckett never no, returned no. home. Except no. they misspelled his name because they couldn't even be bothered to finish it. <laughs> no, 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 it because it had created a parallel timeline. Oh, there we go. That's the thing. He, he, he saved the marriage of his assistant, Al. Mm. And um, that was what changed. Anyway, right. <laughs> I love Quantum Leap. And did the other one that oh I could boy. think of off the top of my head, do you remember that really obnoxious Henson show, Dinosaurs? Yes. Uh, do you, <laughs> Jeff, do you remember how dinosaurs felt? Yes, I do. Can you tell me? <laughs> Massive ecological collapse. Caused by? Caused by the Earl dinosaurs. Sinclair. Yeah. yeah. He poisons all the plant life, setting off an extinction event, and everyone dies a slow death. 
all the dinosaurs, the whole family of dinosaurs are sitting inside their house as the ice age sets in. And the baby looks up at them and says, are we going to be okay? And he goes, yeah, we're going to be fine. And then the Walter Concrete newsreader dinosaur says to everyone, well, this is me signing off. Goodbye. Good luck and goodbye. As opposed to good night and good luck. It's, a, it's an amazing gut punch ending to a, a really silly show. <laughs> I almost cried. Almost. Thank you, Jeff Gua. Yeah. Very good. Can I, can I just add, Quantum Leap and, Leap and Elf are both in the Tommyverse. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Dinosaurs Ooh. is not. <laughs> I wonder if shows that end in the Tommyverse somehow retrospectively shift back and try to end the Tommyverse. Like if the Tommyverse expands out like this kind of contagion vector, if they work to kind of move backwards straight back into the snow globe singularity. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Uh, right, so I think we are over to um, Infinite Jest, but Jeff, you, you dominated the last round. I so. so. I've, I've watched a lot of final episodes of shows. So do you only watch the final episode, though? Do you watch the rest of the show or just the final episode? Uh, sometimes. Okay, that's good. Good to know that you've got a thing. Uh, I'm getting the bike for Christmas. I'm going to stick it back over to you. Uh, question is, question is, what is a stinger and when did it become a thing? Okay, so this would be around, I'm going to say 1996. I was an RTD, and what you would do <laughs> is you would say, I, can I have a raspberry stinger, please? And then the, the bartender would put, like, a shot of raspberry syrup into the top of it, and it would just give it a little bit of extra sweetness, and also, when you vomited the next day, it would mm. be pink. <laughs> and so you'd get, like, a stinger on your stinger? Like, like you'd get, like, the, the after effect of having regurgitated that, and that's the stinger as well? Yeah, it was is that why it was so called the stinger? Yeah, that's good. Um, that's not the answer. <laughs> that's not the answer. Sure? I'm pretty sure that wasn't. Mm. It was a good answer, but it wasn't the answer I was looking for. Infernerd jest. Do you have anything on this? I'm gonna guess that uh, bees have stingers. <laughs> they do. They do have stingers. It's not just. Shame. That's not a guess. And uh, <laughs> they were the, around ages ago. Yeah. <laughs> it, that's, that's a good effort, Shen. Um, nice, nice, nice to see that you're, you're propping up Jeff's uh, mysterious arcane televisual knowledge. Stinger is um, also an attachment that you put on your bicycle. Well, we are talking about oh. an attachment. We're talking about post-credits sequences. Yeah. So things like blooper reels and Easter eggs and outtakes and bonus scenes, uh, sequel setups, metafictional type scenes. They're often comic. You don't get a lot of blooper reels and stingers on Holocaust films, <laughs> I think. But... Um, do you, do, you, do you have any... <laughs> so, like sorry, I'd love to see the, the stinger for like. Schindler's List, where yeah. it like pans from one list to like eggs, bacon. Well, bacon would be really inappropriate for Schindler's List. <laughs> but, um, you know, the second list. Like. Yeah, Sch yeah, Schindler's shopping list. Schindler's yeah. shopping fade list, out, yeah. fade out, fade okay. out. Um, do you have any favourite end scenes? Uh, like Jackie Chan in a lot of his movies, mm -hmm. there's all the bloopers where he breaks oh, yeah, his yeah, arms. Right. Yeah. Yeah. His multiple arms, he breaks them all. <laughs> yeah. Well, the entire MCU has the um, stinger to Iron Man to thank. Mm -hmm. Because the original idea was that Iron Man would just be a one-and-done film. And then uh, they decided to just, as a joke, record uh, 
a, a very brief cameo by Samuel L. Jackson pretending to be Nick Fury and saying, I want to talk to you about the Avengers Initiative, yeah. And um, they filmed it, and then everyone went nuts <laughs> after they saw this post-credit stingers. And so that is why the Marvel Cinematic Universe came into being. Everyone, Iron Man was a massive hit, and it had this lovely teaser for a shared cinematic universe. And so they just went with it. And, um, yeah, like Samuel L. Jackson said, it was like the best one day of most profitable one day of shooting he ever did in his life. Yeah, so they've really come back into fashion with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Do you know what the first notable end credit sequences were off the top of your head? Oh, I don't know what the first one was. I've got my favourites, though. There are some great ones. <laughs> okay, okay. We might have to have a bonus episode to this episode in which Jeff tells us his favourites, I think. You're just putting me into another room and gently closing the door on me, aren't you? But we're not going to tell you we're yeah, closing yeah, yeah, the cool. door. Was, uh, was the first one in Citizen Kane, where it turns out that it wasn't really the Rosebud? It was, it was Nick Fury. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, kind of the first one, and it's not really what we'd expect, uh, is sometimes attributed to From Russia With Love, where it says at the very end that Bond is going to be back in such and such a film. It happens again in a Dean Martin spy spoof called The Silences from 1966. Uh, but the one that really kind of kicks off the trend, particularly through into the 80s, is the 1979 Muppet movie. Yes! Oh. Oh, See, that's, that's right. a good fact. Yeah. Finally, after all these nerd go facts, home. there's a good go fact. Home. Exactly, that's right. So there's a sequence, credits roll over the top. Uh, you stay until the end, animal shouts at you to go home, go home, bye bye. Um, and it also happens in Ferris Bueller's mm. Day Off. Yes. I had to make my um, fiancé watch Ferris Bueller's Day Off because we both love Deadpool a lot mm. and he just didn't get that whole he didn't get the thing and I went no we got to watch mm. this. so now he gets yeah, it yeah you're still here it's over go home go there's also a um, a notable end credit sequence for 1987's uh, masterpiece Masters of the Universe yes <laughs> do, you, do you know what happens in that I do okay Jeff <laughs> Jeff knows let's yes, what Jeff. everyone Jeff knows Jeff tell Jeff. us Jeff no look let's not put down Jeff for being enthusiastic about something oh. we should, we should never Sorry. put a bushel over someone's light Jeff yeah. Tell so, us what happens. So, Masters Master of the Universe, Universe, which is a historical <laughs> misstep of toy-based movie spin-offs, starred Frank Langella as um, Skeletor, which is a fantastic piece of inappropriate casting. But basically, after this terrible movie, uh, Skeletor gets thrown off a pit and falls down into molten lava. Oh. And at the very end of the movie, after the credits, he emerges from the liquid with a skull and goes... I'll be back. It's exactly, <laughs> and he never was. Why? Why? Yeah. So, so that was my next question. Was he back? No. no. Why? The film was shit. It made no money. It lost. It lost money. Well, wasn't Monica from Friends in that movie? Yeah. Pre. Yeah. It was early Courtney Cox. <laughs> she could have been Skeletor. Well. Oh, harsh. Harsh. Don't be mean about my someone's appearance. Part, my favourite part of that movie is where they're all like eating ribs or something, and one of the, one of them's like, "Why is it? Why is this delicious stuff stuck to these sticks?" And somebody says, "They're bones," and they're all like, "Ah!" Yeah. It's it's high it's high culture. It's very like, yeah. Think it, about those guys being. It works on a lot of levels. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I call it the cosmic key. Very good. I been <laughs> very good. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have I'm, I'm going to throw this Sorry Jeff for somebody else talking for a minute <laughs> I'm going to throw this next question again To Armageddon <laughs> A Bite for Christmas Because Christ clearly I have mispitched answer. tonight's questions uh, The question is Why didn't E.T. get out 28 days later? Why didn't E.T. get out 28 days later? 
Well, one of those is a zombie movie. One of them is mm. a zombie movie. And the other one is E.T. E.T. <laughs> yeah. Who? Um, good. That's Brendan's assigning points. Points for us. Um, okay, so so you've got ET. ET you've got twenty eight days later. You've got Get Out. Yeah. Get, oh, oh, Get Out. Oh, so I'm helping them now, Jess. Why? What? What? What might those three films have in common that maybe relates to the theme of this episode? Is there something about the stuffing inside of the like an armchair? <laughs> yes, yes, the famous scene where E.T. puts cotton in his ears to, to stop himself from being just, brainwashed just by racists. It out there. I don't know. Um, <laughs> is Steven Spielberg involved somehow? No. Am I going to ask Jeff? Go on. No, this is a case where I don't actually know. E.T., get out in 28 days later. In, in E.T., uh, E.T. goes back to his planet in a mm -hmm. ship. Yeah. In 28 days later, uh, they're in a cottage and a plane flies by. Mm -hmm. And in Get Out, uh, they drive away in a car. Transportation. <laughs> <laughs> there are only three Tommy films verse. that have transportation in them. They're actually um, all films in which real downer endings were replaced after getting terrible responses during oh, test screenings. I was going to say that. So, so Armageddon A Bite for Christmas, who I'm now totally on the side of, um, <laughs> what Fair do enough. you think happened in the original E.T.? E.T. died. He totally died. <gasps> yeah. He, I know, he, I'm he sorry. He dies and a tiny Drew Barrymore is... Uh, Kills him. Yeah, she, she kills him. She, she kills him accidentally, and then the whole family yeah, have to deal with that together. And then, yeah, uh, that, that's correct. The original cut. God, is it? Yeah, the original <laughs> cut of ET. ET dies at the end instead of flying away with his alien friends. Um, do you know the ending of Get Out? Get Out. He because I watched the DVD extras. He ends up in jail. Mm -hmm. So, so at the end, a character is conf a, a black character is confronted by the police. Oh, Very tense moment. But the downer ending is that, that they're the police and they arrest him yeah. and implied police brutality and various other things. Downer, downer, yeah. hashtag downer. Um, what about uh, British zombie film 28 Days Later? Do you not happen or was meant to happen at the end of that? Yes, they all get zombified. There's no helicopter that flips starve in the yep. thing. Everybody dies. So um, Jim, who's played by Killian Murphy, gets shot in the stomach. He dies. His two companions try to revive him. No deal. Uh, they venture off into the apocalypse to fight for survival, and test audiences felt that it was way too bleak. So uh, who knows why? Uh, so Danny Boyle had to alter the final scenes to make them more optimistic, and so now Jim survives his wounds, and the zombie-like creatures starve to death. There's one really, really good uh, ending, which is even more of a downer than the original source material that it was based on, and that's mm -hmm. um, Frank, Frank Darabont's The Mist. Oh, so yeah. it's based on a Stephen King novella. And the end of the novella, um, like basically there's this mysterious mist that comes out of this experiment that's gone wrong, and it envelops a small town. Scary and monsters. Scary monsters emerge from the mist and attack people, and wackiness ensues, a sort of cult gets formed, and so, lots of mayhem, murder, and stuff like that. And basically at the end, uh, this guy and a, his kid and a couple of people get in a truck and start driving. And the end of the novella goes, we're heading, for, we're heading on, we've heard transmissions, we've got hope, we're going this way to try and escape the mist. In the movie, now this is... If you're planning on watching Hashtag the movie, spoiler. yeah. If you're planning on watching the movie, don't listen to this bit. In the movie, they keep going, but they they the mist doesn't seem to end, and so they've got a gun. They've got like four bullets, and so he they decide they're going to kill themselves. So he kills the boy. 
he kills the people in the car with him. He's about to shoot himself, but then it misfires and he can't kill himself because they hear something approaching. And then out of approaching, they see the military with flamethrowers and they're rescuing everyone. <gasps> wow. And so, wow. yeah, wow. yeah. And they're actually burning away the mist. It's and, so grim. Um, it's, it's so, so grim. dark and it's so much better. And Stephen King says... <laughs> Stephen King like says a it's a better ending. Novel. It's oh, a better yeah. ending it than is, what he actually wrote. It, it is a good ending. I yeah. was trying to think of other good grim endings. And so Little Shop of Horrors, for instance, yes. the film gets rid of the downer oh. ending where everyone dies. And um, there was this whole 23-minute sequence. And in the end, Seymour and Audrey get married and move to the suburbs yeah. where Audrey too is growing in the garden. Uh, but I was also thinking of the worst film ending that I could think of that probably should have been stopped by a test audience. Have any of you heard of the, this is this is very niche, uh, of the um, supernatural uh, possession <laughs> found footage horror film, uh, The Devil Inside? No. Well, you're not missing out. Um, it got an F on cinema score and 18% on Metacritic. So it's a found footage horror about an exorcism and this woman, Maria Rossi, uh, who'd killed all these people during a previous exorcism, has multiple possessions, demons are hopping around, hop, 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 blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> just like that. Doesn't just sound just that like, scary. Hop, 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 happy little demons. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, so what <laughs> happens at the end is that these demons have kind of proliferated out of her into other people. There's like a rolling taxi and everyone kind of dies in it. And you're in the middle of the action and it stops and it goes black. And Paramount Pictures, who are the producers of it, put in an end title at the end that said... Uh, the case of the Rossi family is still unresolved. And then there was another title card directing viewers to the website www.therossifiles.com for more information about the ongoing investigation. Ooh. And it received boos in its screenings. Hmm? Um, yeah. Like, it's such a shit way to end a film, even a really bad shit film. And <laughs> the real kicker is that it was so poorly received that even the website got taken down. Hey. <laughs> so, so you can't experience that, the end uh. of the website anymore. That um, finally brings us to the end of the nerd quotient round. Brendan, how you doing? I'm still bummed out about the ending to The Mist. <laughs> it's, it's pretty stink. It's so dark. It's pretty stink. How are the scores? Okay, well, uh, just adding up the scores here. Uh, I'm getting a bike for Christmas. Have ten points, but infinerd... Infinerd. The Infinerd Jest. The Infinerd Jest have 14 points. They're ahead. I do, I do have to commend you on that round, Jeff. That was both extremely informative and, by your standards, incredibly restrained. Thank you. <laughs> it was a joy. It was an absolute joy. Now, as usual, as per usual, uh, we've set the nerds some homework. Uh, because nerds love homework and I love hearing homework because I'm an educator. Uh, only, only one of those statements was true. Um, tonight... <laughs> tonight I've asked them to rewrite an ending. It can be any ending for any reason in any way. Um, so I'm going to start off... Ray, let's start with you. What, what have you got for us? Well, the homework was quite broad, um, which meant that... I don't think I had so many lists in my head of different endings I could write that I don't know if this one. Anyway, <clears throat> <laughs> will it have an ending? We'll find out. Um, right, I've re rewritten the ending to the 89th Oscars, uh, which you'll remember happened on the 26th of February 2017, and it was hosted by Jimmy Kimmel. Do you remember? Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, the reason I picked this for my homework is because I actually thought that it happened on the 26th of February this year, 
so I thought it was quite relevant. But I realise now that it happened at the start of last year, which <laughs> means that my memory is shot, and also that the Oscars potentially aren't very relevant. Um, but I also encouraged, uh, I picked it because I thought it would encourage us to all, like all, to believe that things aren't quite as bad as they could have been. Uh, you may. <clears throat> so uh, I'll set the scene for you, right? It's the Oscars. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, right, right at the end of the Oscars, right? Okay, so there's uh, there's very rich and famous people, and they're all very drunk. Uh, and then there's like mid-range level famous people that are only drunk enough to be comfortable with networking. Um, <laughs> and everyone is very bored because whoever you are and whatever the occasion, like awards ceremonies, is quite boring, uh, and no one enjoys like a thank you speech. Uh, and um, and in all 24 or 23, how many Oscars are there? I don't know. Uh, but no one's forgotten to thank the Academy, which is very good. And everyone said something suitably vague but inspiring about Trump's recent election. Bloody that. Um, and then it comes to the last award, uh, and that's Best Picture. Uh, and 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 La La Land is announced as the winner. Uh, um, but this was not a mistake. Uh, and everyone involved in the film Moonlight is clapping politely but sadly, uh, and the people backstage are not panicking or checking their notes. Like, everything is fine. Everything has, has happened according to plan, uh, and the backstage people are only thinking, like, uh, I just want to go home and eat my leftovers. Um, and so the cast and crew have taken the stage, and the producer of Land, La La Land um, encourages the audience, right, uh, to create and champion bold and diverse work, uh, which he actually said in the real life ending of the story before he realised he hadn't won, because uh, I, I watched that video today. And, and that he'd lost to a, a bold and diverse work. A bold and work. diverse work, yeah. Uh, and, and so no one seems confused about that, even though La La Land is not particularly bold or diverse. Uh, and in fact, uh, what happens in my particular ending uh, is, that, is that in the coming weeks and months and even years, people's benchmark for whether something is bold or diverse <laughs> is to just ask themselves, is it bold and or as diverse as La La Land? Uh, and if you don't know La La Land, it's about as bold and diverse as, like, everyone loves Raymond. Uh, <laughs> like, and so the world was, in my ending, a little bit worse than it is currently, uh, but only a little bit. Thank you. Now, Jeff, I understand that you also have a pop culture-related ending rewriting. Yes, um, I have. Uh, I've rewritten the ending to Lost. How, how, how many people here watched Lost? How many people here watched Lost to the end? <laughs> All right, not many. Sell it, Jeff. This is great. Okay, so, um, Shen, I'll ask you to read the uh, stage directions and the character names. I'll do all the voices of the main characters. Uh, this is another one of my uh, little flights of fancy. For, for, for those people who don't know much about the end of Lost, do you want right. to give, like, uh, a 15-second overview of what actually of happened? Of Lost as a series? Well, Lost was... Uh, no, just, just how it finished. <laughs> well, basically, the, the plane had crashed on an island, the island was revealed to have magical powers, and then it was revealed that it was all just uh, this battle between two magical beings, 
uh, and a lot of dangling threads got left unresolved, which was deeply unsatisfying. And the and uh, that's fifteen seconds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this picks up um, just as just uh, most of the finale has happened. Most of the season six has happened as per usual, and we've come to the final episode, which is funnily enough called the end, where they're trying to go to this mystical cave. So uh, Sheen, if you could read the instruction, the uh, directions. <clears throat> Jack, Kate, Sawyer. Hurley and Desmond, their main characters, have gathered in the mysterious cave. It's a main location. There is a plug to the side of a hole. In the plug hole, they see a spiral staircase going down into the earth. Jack. Kate, we have to go down the hole! Hurley. Whoa. Desmond. Aye. Kate. <laughs> Sawyer. Well, lead on, Doc. They descend the spiral staircase. They emerge into a room. Damon Lindelof and Carlton Coos sitting on swivel chairs, surrounded by piles and piles of pages of script. Some pages are stuck to the walls with darts in them. Sawyer. What the Sam Hill is this, y'all? Lindell or Coos, it doesn't matter. Welcome. We are the architects. All your reality has been created by us to answer a fundamental question of existence. Free will or determinism? Man or Superman? Live in the cave or venture into the sunlight? Coke or Pepsi? They indicate a bookshelf full of first year university philosophy books. <laughs> Linda Lercouz, it doesn't matter. This is all a simulation that has been run many times before, searching for the one, maybe. Over there you see what, two doors. One of the doors tells the truth, and one of the doors always lies. Jack. Kate, we have to choose! Kate. I don't know, I can't decide. Hurley. Whoa, Kate, you used to have a lot more agency. Desmond. Aye. Sawyer heads through the door that looks most like the ideal version of a door. They go down another spiral staircase and see... A million monkeys at a million typewriters. <laughs> they pound at the keys, screeching and throwing feces at each other. Periodically, a machine dispenses piles of cocaine for each monkey. Jack sees a huge filing cabinet with lost scripts written on it. He opens it and hands out various scripts to everyone. They read everything they have done up until that point, even Jack's next line of dialogue. They realize all of this has happened before, and all of this will happen again. Hurley is also a robot, by the way. <laughs> Jack! Everyone! We have to go back! Suddenly, a mystery box appears in the middle of the room. Hurley! Whoa! Desmond! Aye! They all look in horror as it begins to make a low whining sound and emit a brilliant white light. Cut to an old man reading a book to a young Fred Savage. <laughs> and then they all went to heaven! The end! <laughs> Fred Savage looks up at his grandfather. Fred. Grandpa, that doesn't make any sense. Grandpa. Nonsense, it's all there. The island, the smoke monster, polar bears, pirate ships, magic, science, time travel, the others, same symbols, flashbacks, flash forwards, flash sideways, true love, miracles, my left arm going numb, I smell burnt toast. Fred. Grandpa, I think you need to see a doctor. Grandpa and Fred turn to stare directly at the camera. Grandpa. This is the bad place. <laughs> Zoom out. Zoom out as we pull back through the cosmos to reveal everything is happening inside a snow globe from St. Elsewhere. We keep pulling back as we are about to see the real truth when, snap to black. 
found. Oh. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Um, I'm going to get uh, Brendan to decide which he likes better, <laughs> but also which he'd like to uh, give points to. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, Jeff's, Jeff's writing was, yes, it was very uh, cutting and insightful into the writing process, but it also fundamentally reminded me that Lost existed. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that just infuriates me. <laughs> um, whereas Ray's reminded me that as bad as things are, they could have been worse. Mm. So I am going to, I'm going to give Jeff three points and Ray five points. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> this next round is a quotes round. It is called Famous Last Words. And I have a list of final lines of films, uh, books, and films and books. Um, and I'm going to read them and I'd like you to ding in and tell me if you know what they are. Um, he loved Big Brother. And he cannot lie. Uh, 1984. <laughs> Correct. Uh, so we beat on boats against the current, borne back ceaselessly into the past. Oh. Moana. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that is the Great Gatsby. Oh. Um, all was well. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. That's correct. The scar had not pained Harry for 19 years. All was well. Um, you met me at a very strange time in my life. Club. Yes. Uh, Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Yes. Casablanca. Roads where we're going, we don't need roads. Uh, back to the future. Very good. Uh, where we go from there is a choice I leave to you. <laughs> Neo, uh, The Matrix. I'm so glad you recognise my bad Keanu Reeves impression. <laughs> um, this is Ripley, last survivor of the Nostromo, signing off. Alien. Correct. Um, you maniacs, you blew it up hard, damn you. Planet of the Apes. God damn you all to hell. You get a bonus point if you tell me the name of the character. <laughs> Not Charlton, Charlton Heston. Charlton Heston's character. <laughs> George Taylor is the name of that character. Yeah. Um, here is a... Oh, here's another film. I'm not even going to swap that fly. I hope they are watching... Psycho. Psycho. They'll see, they'll see, and they'll know, and they'll say why she wouldn't even harm a fly. Very good. Uh, we will hunt him down because he can take it, because he's not our hero. The Dark Knight. Yes, he's a silent guardian, a watchful protector, a dark knight. Um, what else have we got? I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. Service of the Lambs. Very good. Um, I was cured, all right. <laughs> Oh, an elephant man. That is, that's the end of a clockwork <laughs> orange. Kevin, what did you do to my room? Home alone. Home alone. Um, I'll be right here. <laughs> yeah, very good. Um, the unknown future rolls towards us. I Terminator 2 Judgment yes, Day. Yes, very good. <laughs> oh no, it wasn't the airplanes. It was beauty killed the beast. King Kong. Yep. Well, nobody's perfect. Some like it hot. Yep. Uh, what about the person we show it to you? What happens to them? The ring. Yep. Um, <laughs> Jeff, this one's just for you. I've watched many things to completion. And then he asked me, would I yes to say yes, my mountain flower? And first I put my arms around him, yes, and drew him down to me so he could feel my breasts. All perfume, yes, and his heart was going like mad. And yes, I said, yes, I will, yes. <laughs> Portrait of the artist as a young man. No! No! Ulysses. It is Ulysses. Ulysses. Ah. 
Last one. Uh, um, I, I, I sit corrected. <laughs> I, 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 something really terrible. I'm not going to be one of those people who pretends that they've read Ulysses by James Joyce, I but I do. Read it but I do know that the entire last chapter is just one long run-on sentence, so I've spared you, Thank just you. with that one little bit. And oh yes, and here's our last one: an excellent year's progress. The diary of Adrian Moore. No, but it is a diary. No, that's probably not with that one. <laughs> Sorry, Samuel Pepys. <laughs> no, it was Bridget Jones's diary. Yeah. Not, not the diary of Samuel Pepys, although I'm pretty sure that having not died of the plague or the fire of London, Samuel Pepys would have also said, excellent years, progress. Uh, that brings us to the end of the quotes round. We're going to head straight into the next round, which is called... Mickey Mouse presents Disney's Epitaph Writers Trademark, the Walt Disney Company, all rights reserved, no copyright infringement intended. Um, and this is a round based on the cool gravestones that sit outside the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland or the various other Disney parks. Um, have any of you been to the Haunted Mansion? Or, yes. Yeah? Yes. Many years ago. And do you remember what's on those headstones? Uh, epitaphs? Yeah, they're funny little rhyming couplets that are dedicated to the Imagineers who'd helped build the rides and build the park. So the people who are the creative designers and engineers. Uh, so the best Have known... they all died? <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Uh, no, no, uh, sorry, uh, sorry. Uh, yeah, there no, are no. integrity has. <laughs> it's, it's, oh. 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 Um, the great secret of the Disneyland park is that everyone who works on the park dies as soon as they've finished their job. So. Like a, they, Walt Disney kills them so they can't share their secrets with <laughs> other parks. Yeah, exactly. Like an Egyptian pharaoh. Yeah. Yeah. They get buried in the ride. Their heads are all frozen beneath so, with so, so the easiest one to kind of communicate this is one that was named for a set designer and a model builder who's best known for the rock formations that are all kind of built of plaster around uh, Disneyland Park. Uh, this mm. is the Anaheim one. His name was Fred Jurgens. I think that's how you say it. And it was, here lies good old Fred, a great big rock fell on his head. <laughs> so they're very cute. So um, I'm going to read you the first line of some of these, and I want you to finish the rhyming couplet. <laughs> <laughs> At restful peace, sorry. Uh, at peaceful rest lies Brother Claude. Just make something up. Someone stabbed him with a sword. Oh, you, that's that's good. Very good. At restful peace, at peaceful rest. I can't get that round the right way. At peaceful rest lies Brother Claude. At least he's no longer feeling bored. Oh, very good. <laughs> the, this one's an American accent one, so it was, At peaceful rest lies brother Claude, planted here beneath the sod. Um, no. Uh, what have we got? <laughs> that's, that's a very specific accent yeah. rhyme. Here lies a man named Martin. <laughs> he used to wear a lot of tartan. <laughs> and that's why they killed him. <laughs> He, he did something not very smartin'. <laughs> Probably true. Anything else? He tried to exercise like a Spartan. Well, actually, Spartan is correct. So the lights went out on this old Spartan. So, so you can get something for that. Dear departed brother Dave. Got hit in the head with a spade. Oh, no, spade and Dave. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> the vowel's correct. It's a bit the same. Yeah, it's an imperfect uh, rhyme. Too, took too much drugs while at a rave. <laughs> <laughs> Good 
Good. Uh, dear departed brother Dave <coughs> is lying here within this grave. Mm-hmm. We hope. <laughs> <laughs> we, we presume. Dear departed brother Dave, he chased a bear into a cave. Uh, Master Gracie laid to rest. Died what he liked doing best. <laughs> that, that leaves the floor open for a lot of things, uh, I think. Without consent, he touched a breast. Oh, very timely. Uh, Master Gracie laid to rest. No mourning, please, at his request. Uh, that was for Yale Gracie, who designed special effects and illusions. Um, what else have we got? Good friend Gordon. I know that the... the the iamb is, is off, but no Good friend Da 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 da, good friend Gordon. Fought with Jordan. Well, you get a point for Jordan. Now you've crossed the River Jordan. Oh. Rest in peace, cousin Hewitt. <laughs> Hewitt. <laughs> you stood on the ledge, someone said, do it! <laughs> <laughs> got, you, can, you can have some points because the, the rest of it is... Maybe you shouldn't have rushed into it. Yeah. Is rest in peace, cousin Hewitt. We all know you didn't do it. Um. Um, R.I.P. In memoriam, Uncle Mile. Whose name is Mile? Uh, this is Mile? this is the last Mile? name of Chuck Mile, who was a show designer. Because right. uh, Chuck lends itself to some yeah, slightly yeah, different yeah, yeah. rhyming couplets. We all hated you, so now that you're dead, we smile. <laughs> <laughs> Here you'll lie for quite a while. Um, and one more. Here rests Wavel R. Bender. Which is named for Wavel Rogers, who did figure animation. Ooh. Spend a little time, big spender. He came uh, to a nasty ender. <laughs> you found someone's hidden agenda. Ooh. He rode to glory on a fender. So I thought we could try some for us. Oh, nice. <laughs> Here lies Jeff, a noted punner. Even in death, he's still a stunner. <laughs> That's very good. He made our lives a little funner. Aww. Very nice. Um, now, I know that Jeff's been sick all week too, so I also had Jeff Clark died from his bad cough. Now he smells a little off. <laughs> Our dear departed friend, Moata. What rhymes with Moata? Oh, ask every child I went to primary school. (laughs) Frittata? She she ate a pretty bad frittata. (laughs) God bless you. She was was an ender, not a starter. (laughs) She made us feel a little smarter. No, that's off us. That's That's a backhanded... Just getting your way down. She broke her neck while doing kata. Um, Erin choked while writing questions. (laughs) But has not gone in our affections. That's very nice. Ray was here, but now they're gone. She faded out just like a song. Oh, very good. Brendan Brendan Bennett's dead at last. (laughs) Now, who will choose the nerd degree cast? (laughs) Shen lies here at peaceful rest. Without consent, he touched a breast. (laughs) (laughs) And we've got 
one more for one of our um, most regular uh, audience members. Alison laughed until she died. <laughs> Alison laughed until she died. Her laughter still resounds inside. Very good. Very good. So that's the end of the third round. Brendan, tell us the scores. All right. <laughs> Looking at the scores, the uh, human phlegm repository that is Jeff Clark is also, it seems, a repository of knowledge because Infinite Jest has taken the lead by a solid 10 points. Ooh. I'm sorry. Right, so I'm, I'm also on that team. <laughs> <laughs> Are you, are, you, are you sure? It hasn't, it hasn't come up yet. <laughs> on, on that stink buzz, we're heading into our second round of homework where I've asked the nerds to rewrite an ending, any ending, any reason, just make it good and give me a justification. Uh, so let's start... Who have we got left? Let's start with you, Moata. Um, OK, so I have to provide some context to this. The day before yesterday... Uh, I got burgled. Oh. <laughs> oh. Um, and so, you know, Erin said do some homework about re like rewriting an ending of something. So I thought, well, I don't want to rewrite the ending of something fictional. I want to rewrite the ending of something non-fictional. So I have uh, written a like a news report of the burglary, but obviously, you know, you. Like, I might get some of the stuff back, but it's unlikely, and the person who did it may or may not get caught, but probably not, but in my version of things, yeah, things happen. All right. <clears throat> so this is, so it's like, a new, it's like a newspaper article. Headline. Gruesome breaking and entering death. Not much of a loss. <laughs> Police were called to a Phillipstown home on Monday afternoon. The scene of a horrifying death that was described by neighbourhood bottleneckers as gruesome, gory, and totally asterisk, 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 asterisk-ing hardcore. <laughs> it is understood the homeowners, an unnaturally attractive and charismatic couple, <laughs> arrived home shortly before 3pm to find the grotesquely mutilated corpse of a young Caucasian male lying at the rear of the property. Given that the back door of the house had been forced and that a number of items belonging to the homeowners were found adjacent to, and in some instances protruding from the body, <laughs> it appears as if the deceased had just completed a burglary at the home and was attempting to flee the scene when he met his untimely and frankly undignified end. Preliminary investigations have not yet been able to establish a cause of death. Certainly the vast quantity of blood at the scene which some witnesses have described as like that bit in The Shining when the lift doors open. <laughs> <laughs> and the multiple gore-filled puncture wounds in the body would suggest blood loss as a contributing factor. However, it appears that the deceased also consumed a dozen bottles of eau de parfum, meaning poisoning couldn't be ruled out and the strap of a digital camera was found twisted around their neck, adding strangulation to the list of possible causes of death. They also appear to have fallen face first onto the neck of a guitar, the tuning pegs of which were found embedded in the deceased's eye socket. <laughs> <laughs> All of which add up to a rather complex picture. 
Other injuries were of a similarly freak nature. Chief Inspector Doctor Who is a woman now, isn't that cool? <laughs> <laughs> Remarking that I've ne never seen anyone who's managed to injure themselves with all the tools of a Swiss Army knife simultaneously. <laughs> How anyone can manage to cut their own eyelids off with the tiny scissors. <laughs> and twist the corkscrew into their own face is really going to be one for the boys and girls and forensics. We still haven't located the tweezers and the toothpick. I shudder to think where they've ended up. The deceased's name has not yet been released to give police time to notify next of kin, but signs like the Nickelback T-shirt the deceased was wearing point to it being Jaden. The police... <laughs> the police are not looking for suspects in relation to the death, because the guy was clearly a total waste of space. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so basically somebody stole my Swiss Army knife and a guitar and my camera <laughs> and a few other things. Do, do, you, do, you feel, yeah. do, do you feel better being able to purge that a yeah, little? Yeah, it's very cathartic. Good. Isn't homework amazing? Oh, so, good. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Right, um, Sheen, you're the last one. All right, uh, strap in. Mine gets a little bit dark. Oh. Uh, I, I also went uh, for a, a non-fictional rewrite of an ending. I'm, I'm rewriting the ending of this show. <laughs> now, normally, uh, for those of you who, who don't often come here, the, the show ends with uh, the, the host saying some, some final words, and then there's like a standing ovation. You know, thunderous applause. But I think we can do a little bit better than that tonight. And so I, ha I have a few props. This uh, will play great on a podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we have some streamers here. If, if you guys hand those out amongst yourselves, there's going to be streamers at the, uh, the, at the end of the, the show. There's enough for everyone. Here you go. Oh, shit. I, I, thought, I thought we could uh, have some, some Darth Vaders <laughs> and some Stormtroopers. Firmly establishing us in the uh, the Tommyverse. This is like a really cool dream. And, then, <laughs> and, and what's who? What's a Darth Vader without party hats? Yeah. Right. Oh, uh, well, sir, in the back row. Yeah. And then over over there, sir. Oh. And and I, I was uh, cognizant of the fact that this is a podcast, and so I have some noise blowing. Uh, hey, noise makers. Ah, the noisiest of party supplies. And so, so what I thought would happen is uh, when, when the... Oh, you've already started putting on the masks. When, when, the, when the time comes and the, the podcast is, is wrapping up, everyone will, will leap to their feet, giving thunderous uh, standing ovations. Uh, with, uh, it, it might be good if, if, if we lift someone, hoist someone on our shoulders, giving them a, a hip hip hooray. Brandon, I thought you might be a good uh, candidate for being hoisted onto shoulders. Slim. It needs to be consensual, though, this hoisting. I do have a bad shoulder. I've got, like, this kind of... Uh, he, he doesn't... Maybe, uh, hoisting. Um, like, like, How about a, a thunderous else. round of high fives? Yeah. Okay. Yes, yeah. yes, I think everyone here can do it. Shall we, we practice our high fives? Oh, oh. Three, oh, two, nice. one. Oh. High five! Yeah! yeah. yeah. Very good. Man. Good, so, so, is, so is this your homework? You're set up to the very end? Yeah, and, yeah, and basically cool. just a lot of wish fulfillment for me. Oh, good. Yeah. Good, so, so should, we, should we chant, chant, 
I will give you some razzle-dazzle signal. You will start shouting, shen, shen, shen. Everyone will high-five. You'll throw your streamers. You'll noise your noisemakers. And we will head off into December happier, better people. I think we should shout nerd degree. Okay. Would you like to shout shen or nerd degree? Shen. We shout shen. It's one syllable, Ed. The crowd crowd wants it, then okay. Okay. <laughs> Very good. That's this is one of the first times that we've had homework as a setup for something later. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting because Shen definitely has created a new ending to the show. He has, which will be Shen cleaning up a whole bunch of streamers <laughs> in the studio. I specifically didn't buy confetti for that reason. <laughs> well, well, Brendan, this is up to you to come up with the marking rubric. Oh, man. Do you do you have any? Do, do you want to hold off on letting people know your scores? No, I want to get points like to... right now. Okay, good. Now, here's the thing about creative writing. Creative writing, good creative writing is specific. <laughs> and what is description of the, um, the pain and agony inflicted on this, uh, this burglar was some of the most specific writing that I've ever heard. Uh, so I'm going to give that six points. Ooh. And... Um, Shen, I'm going to I'm going to give it some points, but I'm going to put them in a kind of a metaphorical envelope, Ooh, and they will Juliet. they will arrive at the end of the show after the scores have been announced. A temporal epistemological envelope. That's right. An ontological yes. envelope, much like a snow globe. Schrodinger's points. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> very very good. Okay, so we are now heading. I'm really excited about the end of the show. Let's go real fast and see if we can get there quicker. Okay, round four. Round four is called Apocalypse Now-ish. Now, often at the end of the year, we do some kind of retrospective or year in review round. Uh, But I thought that given that we are quite clearly living in the end times uh, between (laughs) Trump and... Uh, international reports about climate change and also Trump, the signs are all around us and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give the nerds um, an event that has happened in 2018 that can be the retrospective element and I want them to ding in and tell me firstly if it's a sign of the end times and give me some kind of justification so just something quite quick, quite snappy Uh, first one, Tumblr bans porn and female presenting nipples Uh, definitely a sign of the end times. How come? If neckbeards can't do their thing, then it's going to get turned ugly. Oh, very good. Uglier than it already is. Uglier than it already is. Um, how about Stanley dies? Oh. Mm. Yes, definitely end times. <laughs> because. <laughs> Just because. Well, no, it it's, means, he's like an eternal being. Yeah, it's like at the end of his cameos. I think he's got a few more cameos filmed already, yeah. but it means that he, as the creator of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, he will eventually cease to be. Like Shen, he also has an ending in the can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Next one. The film Skyscraper, starring the greatest superstar of all time, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, flops at the box office. That is not a sign of the end times. Wrong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Did it really? I just, I just watched it on TV. Like. Wrong, 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 wrong. And there's it's no amazing. way it could have flopped. It's great. Um, critically acclaimed sci-fi thriller Annihilation flops at the box office and only gets released in New Zealand on Netflix and not like the big screen it deserved. 
not a sign of the oh, end times. Wrong. Because no, no, because because it's based on a fantastic novel, and it is meant to be experienced as a weird fever dream, surrealistic experience, and you can't go to a movie theater completely high on drugs, which you Says need to be who? to enjoy. It. <laughs> Next the- question: uh, NASA space module Insight successfully lands on Mars. Sign of the end times. Yeah. Uh, because because clearly we're we're getting desperate to find new places to live. <laughs> the thing I really like about Insight is that it's there to kind of drill down and figure out what's in the creamy centre. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Nuka. We had Curiosity <laughs> that landed on Mars. I was cool with that, but when you've got something called Curiosity, you don't want to follow it up with Insight. You know, you just want a, a dead cat. <laughs> Go back to the nipples for a moment. <laughs> are we saying that male presenting nipples are not attractive? What are we? Okay, so so as part of the, the the social media site Tumblr has said that it's banning pornographic content, and they've given a whole bunch of different descriptors of what comes oh, under that. And, and female presenting nipples, which to those of you at home, I'm now gesturing with my <laughs> pencil <laughs> around it's my a right breast. Movement. It's, a, it's, a, it's a beautiful ovoid movement. Um, they, they count under the, the description not, of, oh, but not male, not male presenting, presenting nipples. nipples. So, so not necessarily female nipples, just female Presenting. So, Sorry, so if you're a male me, with quite... female presenting nipples, then you're in the shit. Right, okay. Yeah. Like well, on a I'm pedestal or something. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. Like, yeah, perhaps. Did here's, say, here's my nipple. Did they say human <laughs> presenting, human female asking. presenting nipples, or are we going to see a lot of female cat I was just curious. There? I don't know. That, we need some yeah. insight yeah. onto that. Um, <laughs> US law, mo- blah, 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 blah. U.S. lawmakers roll back net neutrality. Somebody has to understand that before we can assess whether or not it's fine. <laughs> well, funny you should say that. Because, oh, it's no. all right, Jeff's got it. Well, no, uh, because well, it means that different companies can throttle the speed of internet to certain to certain websites to feed particular sites, so they'll benefit from it. So all traffic isn't just treated as neutral. No, it's like they'll create highways for their own streaming services, so the company that owns... This was a set-up for a genuine end times answer, and none of you got it. Well, no, no, Um, it leads to Skynet. (laughs) (laughs) Next question. Uh, The the game Fortnite dominates everything. End times. End times. I work at a library (laughs) with Playstations, and at least 50 kids per week ask me whether we have Fortnite, and that's the only thing that... And that's terrifying, because they... That's terrifying. That that shows that kids are all idiots. Uh, You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) They're the ones that are meant to save us. There have been multiple articles about the addictive Mm. properties of Fortnite and all that. It's insane. End times, definitely. Next one, the FDA announces that vaping is still going to give you gross diseases even though it isn't as bad as smoking. Not end times, that's just, that's made my week. That's just justice, justice. Just cheers me, no end. Next one, this this won't cheer you. Um, A massive study published in The Lancet finds that there is no such thing as a safe level of alcohol consumption. (laughs) (laughs) But I've got half a beer left. Not end times, but last call. (laughs) 
Oh, very good. This is this one is something from today. The British, so it doesn't actually fit. I just thought it was interesting trivia, and I needed to shoehorn it in somewhere. Um, the British Film Institute announces that it won't fund any films that use facial scars or disfigurement as shorthand for villainy. In solidarity with movements uh, that are being put forward by people with disabilities, saying we need to be presented better on film. That's fair enough. It's called a hashtag, not your villain. I think. Mm. I just wanted to add that because I thought it was cool. Well, it's that's a, nice. that's a nice segue into Mortal Engines, which features a um, protagonist who's with a yeah, with a face scar. Yeah, a protagonist <laughs> with a face. <laughs> a facial scar. I've got a facial scar. Based on a book series with a pretty Yeah, I've got a trademark scar here. Hold on. Hold on, they say they've been poorly represented. Harry Potter. Yeah. Scar. Famous scar. Absolutely famous scar. He's the exception rather than the rule, though. The most famous scar is Scar. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And the Lion King, he was a villain. And he's the super baddie. Next one. Alex Jones and Infowars get kicked off of social media and YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) Not in times. He's a jerk. Very good. Um, Here's a bonus question. How many accounts were identified as malicious or faked and kicked off Twitter during May and June of 2018? To to the nearest zero. (laughs) It's got to be like 400 at least, right? So we've got 400. 521,600. So, so, sorry, what was that? 521,600. 521,600? What about you over here? That's obscure. No, millions. Uh, the actual answer is 70 million. <gasps> 70 million. So I get some points. <laughs> Surely. Next There's one. Asterisk, 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 asterisk. And that's just two months. <laughs> so, next one. One of Uber's self driving cars hit and killed a pedestrian in Arizona. <laughs> Not in times. Human drivers hit and kill people all the time. <laughs> and ro- robots are actually much safer. Yeah. But people just like see one happening and then they're like, ugh. I was talking to someone um, on Twitter about this the other day, and we decided that it wasn't the trolley problem, but the trolley solution. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next one, California burns. Uh, well, if we were in Ray's alternate universe where La La Land had, had <laughs> won, then not a problem. But uh, yes, it is uh, bad because it's hugely indicative of, of climate change. Did you, did you see about how it started? Wasn't How, that a gender reveal? It was a gender reveal party. Reveal party. Oh, no, that was a that different was fire. But it was a different fire. It was, oh, a different okay, fire. Let's, let's just Sorry, backtrack for a minute. Sorry, keep track of all the fires. So, ne- let's, ne- next question. Gender reveal parties. End, End times. times. End times. <laughs> the weirdest thing on the face of the planet. Stop doing it. But also, someone started quite a major fire. Um Quite a major fire because they had like some fireworks that were going to be like pink or blue according to this this baby that didn't quite exist yet. Like be, genitals, like that's weird. They couldn't be low key heterosexual about it. They had to be like fireworks heterosexual. And um and then and then it exploded and started a large fire that destroyed property. Heteronormativity kills us all. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> or at least a small portion of people living in rural California. Um, but next to the California. Fires. Gerard Butler did genuinely look quite sad, standing oh. in front of his burned out oh, house. Yeah. <laughs> she said, trying not to laugh. <laughs> let's, let's move on look to the next one because we're getting into a weird, house. morally ambiguous space where yeah. we've all got the giggles, but we're talking about really shitty things. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, we, so we need Marvel to crime, not baby. implicate ourselves. Next one Daredevil gets the axe. 
I'm not gonna say anything, I can't. Uh. End times. Uh, I like the guy who plays the bad guy in that. What's his name? From <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jacket. You're the problem. You're Vincent D'Onofrio. Vincent D'Onofrio, he's awesome. Very detailed. Next one. Uh, the Roseanne Revival gets the axe. Uh, well, end times for Roseanne, not for the Revival. Oh. The Revival yeah. is being revived as the Connors. So, following the original ending, the original ending of Roseanne was a downer, funnily enough, because it was revealed that John Goodman's character had died of a heart attack and all, the entire final season of Roseanne, where they'd won the lottery and become wealthy, was actually a dream that she'd had or a fantasy that she'd had yeah. to cope with the fact that John Goodman's character had died. And then the revival of the series brought back John Goodman's character and showed it to just be a flight of fancy. And now they are killing off Roseanne's character and having the, the series continue Because she without got fired yes. for being a dickhead. Yes. Yeah, it so it's some, this wonderful it circular. sitcom where they fired like the main actress. It's called, like, called um, Two and a Half Men. Downton. I dream of Jenny famously replaced the lead male. Um, it was called um, Rona or Rhonda or something. And oh. it was the thing that Jason Bateman was in. Like, it was this no, nobody remembers the 80s. I really, I really love it when we're in our sweet spot of I'm definitely sure about this and I have no specific details. <laughs> <laughs> this, this this like so she was, she was in the Mary Tyler Moore show yeah, yeah. back in the day and then she had her own sitcom where it was like her, her and her family and then there was some kind of like contractual dispute. Yeah. She wanted more money and they went, ah, screw you, we'll just kill you off and we'll keep the rest of the family. And so they just it went from being the show that was her name to just like... The Johnsons or whatever yeah. the name of the family was. Well, that happened with like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. exactly what happened there. So it is relevant. Yeah. Thank you very much. And yeah. we still don't know if it's end times or not. But the next one is Brooklyn Nine-Nine gets the axe and then gets renewed. Not end times. Very good. And final... Nine-Nine! Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> so it's final one. Facebook let Cambridge Analytica steal all our stuff. End times, but also totally expected. Yeah. <laughs> but aren't the end times totally expected? Isn't that what we're learning today, what we're going to take away with us all? That we yeah. knew it was coming and we didn't do shit. Curse your sudden but inevitable retreat. Anyway, so that's, the end. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the end of round four. Brendan, where are we at as we head into the final round? Well, things have tightened up significantly. Armageddon and Mike for Christmas are on 41 points, but still ahead are Infinite Jest on 45 points. Oh, that's really close. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you've let me know that because it just so happens that the, <laughs> that the final round is worth five points. Wow. <gasps> Everything to play for. Everything to play for, winner takes all. This final round, of course, is a debate round. And instead of some kind of highfalutin moot, all I've decided to let them argue about is spoilers, yes or no. <laughs> uh, so playing for anti-spoilers, uh, in the no-spoiler camp is Jeff and Shen, and arguing for the pro-spoilers, the pro-spoiler camp, we have Ray and Moata. Um, how about we let... Now, let's see. So, Armageddon, a bike for Christmas. You are currently in second place. Would you like to go first or second? Second. They'd second. definitely like to go second, by the yeah. sounds of things. Okay, so I'm going to give you up to a minute to put forward an argument. You're each then going to have a minute or so to rebut and then a pithy 15 seconds or so to offer a closing rejoinder. And then I think, Brendan, we might hand it over to the audience mm. to decide. How does that sound? Sure. Yep. Well, why, have a, why have a scorekeeper at all? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because you're pretty. <laughs> <laughs> 
42 points to <laughs> um, You've been very helpful up until now, Brendan. Right, okay, so uh, Jeff and Sheen, your time starts now. Life doesn't have spoilers. Why should uh, movies and, and books, you know? People need to learn to deal with what things are happening as they come. You can't have people mollycoddling you through life and you can't have people mollycoddling you through movies. Yeah, uh, stories have a beginning, middle, and an end. And to know how it ends takes away your enjoyment of the journey, the, the voyage there, and the twists and turns along the way. If you know where you're going, the story is going to end, it takes away all of the joy in getting there. And um, That's right. The, the best movie I ever saw was The Matrix, because I didn't know anything about it before I went into seeing it. And the worst movie I ever saw was The Matrix 2. <laughs> Because it sucked. <laughs> Imagine how much less fun this would be if you all knew who was going to win this debate. No, you, you want to be there living and breathing it as it goes along. Yeah, imagine uh, the fables of old, which are designed to teach moral lessons, where you tell them that the scorpion stings the frog. The scorpion stings the frog. Uh, over to you, Team Pro Spoiler. Firstly, we all know that the scorpion stings the frog. We already know that. Um, secondly... Um, if it takes away the joy of knowing the end of the story, then I'm going to assume that Jeff only watches movies and television shows once. <laughs> Is that correct? <laughs> <laughs> you weren't listening, were you, Jeff? No, no, no. no, no. I, he, he I, do I only watch things once? No, I watch things multiple times. Yeah, but do, you've do already... you feel joy in subsequent watching? I feel appreciation for oh. craftsmanship. And what, is, what is appreciation, if not joy? Uh, and also, because, because life is very, very random and disappointing, and so you need to take back some, some semblance of control in your life, and so if that is just knowing what happens at the end of the, that thing, uh, it, it, that's all you can do. That's all you can do because your life is shit. That's all um, you can do because your life is shit. Picture, if you will, that you know for, 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 for absolute certainty if there is or is not a god. <laughs> what would happen to society? It would crumble. Yeah, all those first year philosophy books, useless. Yes. <laughs> Think about all the all the all the enjoyment that we've taken away about those fantastic twist endings at the ends of films. For instance, you know where the Empire Strikes Back, where you find out that Obi Wan Kenobi was actually Luke Skywalker's father, or at the end of the Sixth Sense, where you find out that the kid is just insane and hallucinating, <laughs> or Planet of the Apes, which is set in a distant planet but an alternate timeline of humanity's past, or Close Encounters of the Third Kind, where you find out it's all an experiment by MK Ultra, the secret government program with drugging people. <laughs> That's right, spoilers are terrible, and I think even regular endings are terrible. <laughs> Movies and books, they, sh they shouldn't have endings, they should just fade out. <laughs> Movies and books shouldn't have endings, they should just fade out. Uh, back over to you for the rebuttal pro-spoiler team. Well, I'd just like to point out that Jeff is actually, you know, apart from those fake spoilers that he just put out, he has actually genuinely spoiled numerous uh, shows and movies throughout this episode. Which... And have you liked it? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Picture, if you will, a world in which you knew for a fact whether God was real or not. 
would you be more comfortable then? Uh, just just living your life because uh, you knew what was going to happen um, and you'd feel like, safer in that, you know, safer, more secure in, in making decisions uh, and, not, and, not, and not wondering and not being fearful of the unknown. It's, it's a lovely thought. A really, truly lovely thought. Ted Chang's actually already written that story, and people are still delusional and believe what they want to believe. <laughs> so, Hooray so for spoilers. So, 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 so we've, we've reached the point of, is God real? <laughs> and is that a spoiler? <laughs> a great, great I, I need I need each of... Do you have an answer? No. <laughs> is that the answer or you don't? No. Um, so, so each of the teams is going to have a um, maximum of 10, maybe 15 seconds to give us some kind of pithy closing statement. Uh, we'll start with you, Jeff and Chen. It's called a spoiler because it spoils things, not because it makes it go faster. <laughs> If you know the spoiler, it is more fun to watch a thing with your loved ones than it is if you're both surprised. <laughs> also, we're all going to die. <laughs> Possibly before you get to the end of the thing. Or before they steal your DVD box set. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. So... <laughs> So we started this episode with a long, slow fade-out, and we've ended with a depressing, thanatological fade-out. Um, but I'm going to put it over to you, audience. Are you for spoilers, or are you against spoilers? If you are anti-spoiler, make some noise. If you are in favour of some spoilers... It's, that's, that's pretty close, but I think Armageddon a bike for Christmas has, has taken that one out, Brendan. Well, if I can add up those scores now, it looks like, with that extra five points, <laughs> the winner of the Nerd Degree and the winner of the right to the last word, Ooh. although that may be superseded by something that Shin set up earlier in the show, <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I think here's, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to declare the winner. Uh, How about you declare the winner? Yeah. I thank the people that we need to thank. Yep. This team has the last word. And then we'll all fulfil Shen's wildest dreams. <laughs> does, does that sound that, that sounds, like it that sounds, that sounds okay, right. Okay, so, so you announce the winner. All right. The winner of this episode of The Nerd Degree is Armageddon A Bike for Christmas! So that brings us to the end of the show, although as science fiction author Frank Herbert said in an interview, there is no real ending. It's just the place where you stop the story. Aww. So a big thank you to Orange Studios for hosting us, to Roll Music for our theme song, to our nerds, to our moderator, to you, the audience, to you, the listeners at home. Good night and see you in 2019. Female, Female presenting, presenting nipple. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, wait a second. And now I've unlocked these extra points. <laughs> the winning team is Infinite Jess. Yeah! <laughs> Wombat. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this final episode of the year. We'll see you next year. Yeah. Have a good night.